Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Today, we're going to talk about Mercury squaring Neptune. So Mercury is in Sagittarius right now. And between today and Wednesday, you'll really be feeling the effects of Mercury's square to Neptune and Pisces. Uh, it perfects tomorrow, um, but you can feel it today. You probably could have feel, felt it over the weekend, and you should be feeling it probably through midweek. So that's what we're going to take a look at today. But there's a lot of other big things coming up this week. For example, Venus is making its first big conjunction with Pluto this week prior to turning retrograde. So we're going to talk about that. And there's some other things, too, that we'll get into as the week goes on. Um, we are definitely starting to get into the um, interesting part of December. And if you didn't already have a chance to listen to last week's content and the week before in terms of laying out the major astrology of December, uh, make sure you do so. It's a huge month astrologically. I think there's a lot to look forward to this month, um, but we started off our current moon cycle with an eclipse, for example. You should probably go back and check that out if you haven't yet. Um, if you want some previews on Jupiter moving into Pisces, Venus's retrograde, and more, then you want to check out some of the videos I did two weeks ago. Just a lot of big, big astrology this month. All right. Well, anyway, uh, before we dive in, I want to remind you guys, my Kickstarter has 26 days left. Uh, we have 26 days left to go, which is just under four weeks to try and reach our backer goal this year, which is 1,367. And right now we are at 518 backers, like I said, with 26 days to go. So um, if you haven't pitched in yet, I really appreciate your support. And when you do, the link to the Kickstarter is in the description of this video. It's also in the comment section to this video. Um, things slowed down a little bit over the weekend. They usually do. So we're trying to pick the pace back up today and see if we can push forward to 600 this week. We're almost halfway there um, with a couple weeks, about three and a half weeks left. When you pledge to support this channel, um, you can pick up a variety of different uh, rewards. So there's all different kinds of exclusive video lectures that I do. There is a, an exclusive video on the astrology of 2022. It's sort of like a deep dive into all of the big astrology of the year ahead. There is also a year ahead horoscope reading, which gives you the entire year in depth for your sun or rising sign. And there's a bunch of other really cool stuff. There's horary uh, questions you can ask, a, a bundle of them. And then the best thing is definitely you can save 50% off any of my online courses. If you want to come and study with me sometime in 2022 or beyond, you can use them as credits. If you can't take it in 2022, for whatever reason, you can use it in 2023. Um, but you can attend any of my online courses, including my Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic course, which starts in June and November of 2022. Or you can buy... Uh, a bundle and take several of my classes, year one, year two, the horary program, and my readings and passages course. All of those are one-year programs. They're in-depth dives into Hellenistic astrology, teach you how to read birth charts, uh, bring this language of astrology to a whole new level in your life. So you can pick up those and uh, you save 50% off or even $400 cheaper than our early bird discount. So it's a great way to save. And uh, you can also support your your, uh, your favorite astrology channel, or at least I hope I'm up there. So uh, all of the um, money that we raise from this Kickstarter, uh, it goes to support me and my family. It's a big part of how I earn my living as an astrologer. So I really appreciate your patronage. Uh, I support a staff. There's 10 total people on my staff that help me with all sorts of stuff. Two people that are really critical to making sure I can do this every day. About half of my day is spent creating 
these videos from the all the prep work that goes into it, my morning meditation practice, just getting myself in the right state and then sitting down doing the research. You can, can't see on my screen right here. I've got all my notes for today's talk down, bookmarks, some usually the I Ching maybe that I've cast and spent time with. So there's a lot of love and time that goes into creating these videos. If you guys uh, aren't able to donate and support, you can always support by just praying for this channel. That's always appreciated. You can always uh, click the like button or subscribe or click on the notifications icon, a uh, little bell. Um, anything like that, or just share it with other people that helps the channel grow as well. So thank you guys. All right, let's get into it. I'm going to bring up the real time clock and we're going to take a look at Mercury's square to Neptune. So you can see Mercury here is in Sagittarius and is moving into the square with Neptune. There's Neptune in Pisces. Now the sun is also going to move through the square to Neptune later in the week. So this is a transit that um, is the, the some of the themes that I'm going to talk about today, you'll really be feeling for the entire week when con considering the fact that by Sunday of this week, thereabouts, um, the sun will also push through a square to Neptune and many of the same themes will just be repeating themselves. But let's look at how this plays out. So today's Monday, December 6th, we go forward to tomorrow, December 7th, Tuesday, and you can see Mercury is pushed through the square exactly at the 20th degree. And then by Wednesday, it's already at the 22nd degree. So you're about a three degree range. So you probably by Wednesday, you are, you'll be really have, having felt the effects of this particular uh, transit. Now, the other thing that is happening that's interesting is Mercury will also be going into a sextile with Jupiter with reception because it's in Jupiter's sign. You can see that by Saturday. And um, also by Saturday, you can see that Venus and Pluto are getting together in their conjunction. So it's just a really big week. We have a lot of stuff going on this week, a lot of big aspects coming through. Also kind of exciting news, at least for me anyway, is you're going to see Mars change signs and go into Jupiter's domicile. Now Mars is not doesn't have bad dignity in Scorpio. It's in its own sign. But I've just found in general that um, Mars in Sag uh, or Mars in a Jupiter ruled sign, I should say, when it has reception to Jupiter can be very uplifting and positive in terms of just providing um, a lift, especially given the heaviness of the Venus-Pluto dynamic. So that's a little bit about where the astrology is heading this week. Um, if we look back right now, the moon cycle today, you may also notice that today in particular, you're starting to get a taste for that Venus-Pluto dynamic this week as the moon is going to go through Venus and Pluto. Um, so today would also be a good day in the background or just kind of, you, you might be getting a little bit of foreshadowing today with the moon going right over Venus and Pluto, and that will happen today into early tomorrow morning. So like if I just go forward, you know, let's just say I go forward one day, you're going to see that by tomorrow morning, the moon's just pulling into Aquarius right there. So between now and tomorrow morning, you're getting that preview of Venus and Pluto by virtue of the fact that the moon is going over it. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to talk about Mercury and Neptune. I have a bunch of notes and I've also got a passage that I want to read to you guys from the Astrological Neptune, which is a book, a very famous book on the planet Neptune and astrology by Liz Green. It's kind of a modern master of astrology. So uh, that's where we're heading. Let's talk about this archetypal combination. Okay, you have Neptune, which is a planet that 
has this kind of sublime, romantic, imaginative quality. It can be a very mystical planet. It can also be a planet that um, can sweep us up in emotionality and we can lose rationality. It's a planet that can sweep us up in um, fantasies and delusions. Uh, and there's a big difference between the, let's call it the active power of imagination, the, re the religious the mood of religious, spiritual, or artistic inspiration, and that of um, delusions of grandeur or illusions or intoxication, all kind of contained, poss all possibilities contained in Neptune as well. Um, Neptune is also a planet that tends to amplify for us the distinction between the mundane and the transcendental. The mundane and the transcendental, in a sense, are both spiritual, but we can make this kind of dichotomy where, like, for example, let's say one of the most common things that I see in my in my practice as an astrologer, right? People coming and they'll come into a reading and they'll say that some area of their life is um, either boring or uninspiring or feels dead, and then there'll be a longing for something else. Um, for example... Sometimes it's when some area of our life is feeling dead, we may long for a new job or a new partner, or we may long for, um, you know, we may long to travel because we're bored staying at home. Um, whatever the case might be, <clears throat> it's not necessarily uh, that there isn't, it's, it's Neptune uh, may, may amplify the feeling of something being kind of dead or dry. And it's not that that's false, but sometimes the choice that we'll make or the uh, impulse that we'll have to reanimate some part of our life that feels dead will be problematic. For example, the classic one with Venus Neptune, um, I'm going to look for someone else because um, maybe my relationship is dry or boring or something like that, or maybe it's not giving me what I need at the moment. And so I'll go looking for something else rather than talking to, you know, the person I love, or there could, and, and of course, then what a person will often find out is that they, they'll then project unrealistic fantasies onto a romantic attraction at, at work or something. Right. And then if they pursue that fantasy, a, uh, depending on how far it goes, they might ruin their, uh, they may ruin their current relationship before giving it a chance to address whatever the issues may be, or they will um, find out through pursuing it too far that this, that this was a fantasy and not real. And now they're left with, um, you know, maybe infidelity or something like that. So you, and you can see this in many places in work too. Someone will say, my, my job is boring. So I'm going to go and become you know, a Reiki practitioner and make, make a living doing that. And then they go try to do that. And they realize it's hard to make a living doing Reiki or whatever the case might be. Um, so oftentimes it's not that the impulse itself is wrong. It's not that there isn't an area of life that feels sort of dead or dry. It's, it's that the imagined solution is because it's, it's coming from the uh, amplified feelings of boredom or dissatisfaction uh, will provide us with some some solution that is, uh, you know, 
not grounded. So that's one thing that you have to watch for with Neptune transits, because I've seen it more times than I can count. Now, that's all just sort of Neptune's territory. Neptune can also, so illusions, disillusionment, um, but Neptune is also about the, the need to go back to the well of human imagination or religious experience or romance or intuition and subtlety and sensuality and to try to touch those qualities because we really can feel quite dead inside unless the world is um, teeming with gods and metaphors and dreams and myths and poetry and uh, dance and song and um, hidden meanings. And we, we need that kind of nuance in our lives. And Neptune is often the planet that provides it. So it's hard to say is, is you know, Neptune a traditional sort of benefic or malefic type of planet? Um, it certainly is, is a planet, for example, that I've seen more times than I can count come up with addiction. But it's also a planet that I've seen in many instances provide people with some kind of portal through which, uh, you know, a spiritual lifestyle appears or a teacher that's very important or something like that. So it's a really interesting planet. Anyway, Mercury, the planet getting into the square with Neptune this week, is a planet of speech and mind, technology and communication. It tends to be more on the rational side, but Mercury is also a planet that is known uh, as a trickster. So for example, you know, Mercury sometimes appears when um, there's like uh, messages that need to come to us through interesting experiences. Um, sometimes things happen in a really random way. They appear, things appear very random and sort of chaotic. And yet we trip and stumble through some kind of unexpected chaos to find that there's like a divine riddle or message at the heart of it. Um, so that kind of happenstance twists and turns of Mercury can be very chaotic. For example, it rules the two signs that usher us into the dark parts of the year. The yin is kind of taking over in the zodiacal uh, round and Mer uh, Gemini and Virgo, where the darkness is starting to come back or the darkness takes over. Darkness meaning the, the disintegrating of some thing that's held, whether it's an idea or a season in life or a mood, you know, Mercury takes things apart. So when things fall apart, there's chaos. We usually think of chaos as the enemy of meaning and order, but actually there is, there's like a secret dyad between the two of them. Uh, Zeus, the cosmic, uh, the planet of cosmic order and unity and cohesiveness and Mercury, the trickster god of disintegration and chaos. The, these two gods are two sides of the same coin, you know? And so um, when you think about um, Mercury in particular, Hermes, um, and Neptune coming together, you're not just thinking about rationality versus the romantic or mystical. That's one dichotomy that's there. But you're also thinking about the way in which um, you can find yourself in, just in some kind of chaotic situation that was unexpected or unplanned. And, uh, you know, it's like um, a ball of yarn, you have to untangle it. <clears throat> and suddenly, when you do that, you find out that there's, there's a message at the center of it. Um, 
I was uh, this past weekend, I was visiting my sister in North Carolina and I had to go through the airport. It's my first time flying since COVID. And I was um, at the airport. My ticket said seat assigned at gate. And it was weird because I thought, well, I have a seat. I don't know why they're assigning it at the gate. And anyway, um, I ended up in the very back of the airplane, like the very back last row, which was apparently had no nobody else in it and they had reserved it. And for some reason, I don't know, they must have overbooked the flight or something, but they saved the back row. So I ended up in the very back row of the plane all completely by myself. And here's the thing, this is really funny. I had been really paranoid, you know, about being, I just like, I don't want to get sick. I'm worried about being on an airplane. Um, probably par probably more paranoid than anything, right? Because you got to wear a mask and the whole thing. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm probably safe, whatever. So um, my, my, my mind is worried mostly not for myself, but about giving it to my kids or my wife. My wife has asthma. So I'm like, I just don't want to get her sick or whatever. So and my worst fears, you know, are like getting on a plane, going to see my baby sister who has a new baby or like giving it to her new baby. You know what I mean? Like, so I had these worries in the back of my mind. And um, then I get stuck in the very back of the plane, right? It was a very, like, there was nobody there whatsoever. And it was the funniest thing because right or wrong, I just was like, oh, man. I mean, it's kind of nice because I, I feel now like a little bit more, I guess, isolated. So maybe a little bit more protected from germs or something. But then the honest, like my honest heart response was like, oh, it's been so long since I've sat on an airplane near other human beings. <laughs> so I was just like, it was such a, uh, a trickstery moment where I was isolated and felt safe, but also disconnected from other people and realizing how much I miss that and how maybe it was worth the risk. And that I felt like for me was uh, just a little microcosm of what the past couple of years have been like in terms of the need for human interaction versus the worry, fear, sometimes paranoia about, about um, getting sick. And I'm not talking about what other people should be feeling or thinking. Let's be clear. I'm just talking about my own process. And um, at any rate, um, I, as I was sitting there going like, this is such a, such an interesting, like, it's like a little microcosm. And I started thinking, what's going on in the sky right now? Like what this is, this feels like something, it feels like a planet. You know what I mean? You get that feeling sometimes you're like, this feels like a planet. <clears throat> Someone's pulling my strings. Who's grabbed me, <laughs> you know? And I pulled up my phone up my cell phone and i use an app by the way if you're ever looking for an app for your cell phone i use astro gold on my phone and i really like it as just like a simple app that lets me pull things up and look so anyway i pull up astro gold as we're sitting there getting ready to leave and i noticed that mercury was applying to neptune and i was like that's perfect that is exactly the kind of wink wink nod from mercury and neptune um, that i would expect and then it led to a number of other insights while I was spending the weekend with my sister. So I wrote some of them down and I'm just going to go through some of the archetypal combinations in general in a minute here. So I promise to spare you from my personal storytelling after this, but <clears throat> there are two stories that I want to share with you. One, 
um, you know, being in my sister's home and celebrating the birth of her, you know, her new daughter, her daughter's name really is, is literally is Nova, which I believe means new. Um, anyway, um, you know, I'm the older brother, right. And growing up, I think it's just maybe, maybe it's just me. And I was just like a jerk, but I think it's the case probably for a lot of sibling dynamics where there's like an older and a younger, there's just the two of us. And, um, I just realized how I tend, I have tended to be more of the center of attention. Like when I was younger, like when we were kids that I tended to fill up the room and my sister was like, sort of, (laughs) um, not, I don't, not, not like intentionally living in, I never tried to like intentionally make her like live in the shadow, but like, I definitely was because I was like coming of age and accomplishing things and blah, blah, blah. And when she was a little bit younger and stuff like that, it just occurred to me that, you know, like older siblings can sometimes just sort of hog the the light. They can sort of stand in the light and be the center of attention. And sometimes younger siblings sort of live in that shadow for a while. And I, I did, um, my sister is her partner is um, from is Indian. They're actually from Zambia, but they're um, Indian family. And his mother and father lived with them. So, by the way, another thing that was really funny was that throughout the weekend they made the most. She makes the most. His mother makes the most amazing. She's like I, I want to say Gujarati. And so she makes like the most amazing food. And I'm not sure where Gujarati is in India, if it's North India or anyway, if you're out there and you know, let me know, but made the most amazing food all weekend. And also, um, (laughs) it was very Mercury Neptune where, um, I, there was very like, uh, it was very, very hard for me to keep and communicate boundaries with regard to how much I could eat. Like she just kept putting food on my plate which was really amazing. And I felt like I would be offensive if I said no, because she just kept piling it up. She was so happy. (laughs) She was so happy to see me just like eating this. uh, And it was because it was amazing food. And I was so happy and it was so good. And and then, but then she just kept putting it on. And then I felt like I couldn't say no. And it was very Mercury Neptune too. Anyway, so, um, and anyway, that was a big, that was a big part of the weekend as well. But I, any, at any rate, I kept thinking to myself throughout the weekend, I, it would just, it just was such a clear moment of letting my sister really be in the middle and being like, wow, this is, um, you know, my sister's like, so she's come into her own so much the past. She had a, she had a son last year. Uh, and then a year, a little over a year later has a daughter and these are just her times to shine. It was the first time I'd seen her new home and, uh, and really just seen her as like the, the matriarch of her house. And like, it was just beautiful. And I felt myself needing to like occupying a different psychic space where listening was really important and, and making sure she was in the light was really important. And I, but it, it wasn't that like, it was that hard for me. We're grown and um, we've had much more of a reciprocal dynamic for a long time, but I just became so aware of how easy it is to, even if you're not talking, to feel like you're the center psychically of a space when you're sharing it with people and how good and how relieving it feels to actually intentionally move yourself away from that center. 
and let other people be at that center or take turns or whatever. And, um, you know, I have, I was, I'm a Taurus rising Venus and Leo. It's very easy for Leo types to be like the, even if it's just in your own head to be like the gravitational center of the universe, you know? So, um, but I thought about a few things because one of the things that's actually um, talked about quite commonly is the communication dynamics with Mercury Neptune. It was obviously growing over the weekend while I was there. And one of the things that I thought about was <clears throat> the way in which listening becomes so important. For example, um, there's a few benefits that happen when we take ourselves out of the psychic center. Now, the psychic center doesn't mean that you're just the one doing the talking. That's one way that we might put ourselves at the psychic center in a room with other people, right? We might be sharing space with other people and we might find ourselves at the psychic center because we're talking or we're sharing a story or something like that, or something about us is being discussed. It's not just listening to other people as opposed to talking. There's also something, it, it's a little subtler than that. And it just struck me as very Mercury Neptune that we, we actually stop thinking about ourselves in, in like it, one of the things I remember I did, I was, when I was younger, I was a camp counselor and we had to learn, you know, go through different kinds of communication training and stuff like that for working at a camp all summer. And um, I remember one of the things that stuck with me was if you're listening to someone <clears throat> and you're anticipating what you're going to say and just waiting for the moment when you can speak and say what you're going to say, then you're, you may not really be listening. And I think it's a little bit like that to take ourselves out of being the psychic center, we have to listen so deeply that we're, we are really not anticipating how what is being said relates to us. How does it come back to me? How do I respond? How, what, you know, even though there's a place for that, like, it's very exciting. Like I have friends and we're talking and it's like a ping pong game, you know, just, and it's really fluid and fun, but there's also something so relieving isn't there about listening so deeply and um that there's no sense of how does this relate back to me there's no response being planned or jumping off the tip of my tongue so one thing to think about this week and over the next few days is how do we take ourselves out of the psychic center and let someone else be there or let something else be there i don't know if there's any other way of describing how one can be successful, for example, at mantra meditation, unless the mantra becomes the center. One of the instructions that you'll hear gurus giving is while you're chanting the mantra, you should be listening to the sound of your own voice chanting the mantra. In other words, the mantra itself should become the focus. You should be hearing the mantra. The mantra should become the gravitational center. If I had any way of describing what a good day of mantra meditation is like, it's when the mantra becomes the center and it is so relieving to take myself, my concerns, my existence, my problems, my joys, all of it, and just move it out to the periphery and let these holy names of God dwell in the center for just a little bit every day. That is so relieving for me. There's many mantra practices around the world 
the rosary. I mean, there's so many prayers that can be said in repetition, but it, it's something about shifting away from being at the center. It's You might say, well, what does that have to do with Mercury-Neptune? A Mercury-Neptune is a very careful and sensitive and empathetic listener. And in order to be really empathetic, in order to really listen, in order to really um, move into that space of care and concern for others, we have to sort of take ourselves, not just verbally and not just mentally, but sort of psychically and say, I'm, I'm just not going to be the gravitational center around which everything else orbits just for a little bit. It's not like it's a sin to have, to feel like we're at the center because, uh, but just to be able to have movement, I'm at the center. Now something else, someone else is at the center. And it doesn't relate back to me immediately in some kind of swift reaction. How is this calibrated within my head and so forth? It's a weight that gets lifted and help that can actually be given. One of the most beneficial forms of help is listening. I heard this one time from one of my spiritual teachers. There was a study that was done that um, there's two of them. One had to do with hearing your own name. Like if someone says your own name, that there's sort of nothing more joyful than hearing the sound of someone actually use and say your own name. And the other one was, I don't know if that was a study or not, but I believe that's true. The other one was a study and it showed, it, it showed uh, people going into a room with like two different types of interviewers. The first interviewer uh, there was a lot of back and forth. And the first interviewer would talk about themselves and talk about the other person and ask questions, but they would talk about themselves. The second interviewer would ask questions and ask more questions and ask more questions and get really engaged and interested in the person that they were talking to. And they didn't say anything about themselves. They barely spoke outside of asking questions and meaningful and interesting follow-up questions. And afterward, they asked these people who'd been interviewed to respond to their interviewer. And it was like, you know, overwhelmingly, the people who interviewed with the person who asked questions and didn't say anything really, but just kept asking questions, meaningful questions, that they came out and said, that was the most interesting person. <laughs> because <laughs> because um, a lot of what makes us valuable, like a lot of what is becomes very appealing about us. If we want love, attention, respect, a lot of the way that we gain that from other people is not so much by who, what we say or what we do, or, um, you know, the kind of merit that we can hope to get from someone else. Uh, but it's what oftentimes attracts people to us is the ability that we have to ask questions and to really listen. But something about that allows people to feel seen and heard. And there's such, it's interesting that someone could be so selfless as to care that much and ask such interesting questions and draw me out. Me, who, why would you ask me questions? Thank you, you know, you know? So we can receive the joy of other people, just their presence. And just, just really deeply enjoying the existence of other people by making other people, even just for little spurts of time, the center of attention to really listen, to really ask questions, to draw them out. People feel so seen. And then interestingly, they walk away going, who is that? That was a really interesting person.
it's because people who have that skill and that ability uh, to us are interesting. We are drawn and attracted, not just selfishly. I don't believe that's just because, well, I got to hear myself talk, so aren't they interesting? That might be part of it. But it also has to do with the fact that we naturally find it attractive when other human beings can move out of the center and let other people shine in the center. And again, I just kept thinking about this over the weekend when I just thought how good it felt and how, you know, how far we've come since we were younger. And I was sort of like the dominant, you know, like 18 year old Venus with Venus and Leo, you know what I mean? And, and, and like how my sister, I didn't know yet. I was too immature and sort of selfish to know how to let my sister be at the center. And just this weekend, noticing that dynamic and also recognizing because they have a very beautiful puja room in their house. Um, and so I got to do my japa over the weekend in the puja room. And I just kept thinking, I wouldn't be able to do this at this stage in my life if it weren't for talking to thousands of people and their astrology charts and developing this deep love for hearing other people's stories and, um, and the mantra and, and, mantra meditation, which is teaching me little by little how good it feels to let something else be at the center, that I don't know what it means to be at the center unless I know how to really deeply enjoy other people being at the center. And these are the subtleties of Mercury-Neptune. Mercury-Neptune can really revel in the tranquility of listening. Mercury-Neptune has so much to do with the enjoyment that we receive in listening to other people. There's another story I want to share with you guys. When the, I started learning Hellenistic astrology, I studied with an astrologer, not like formally, but um, named Robert Schmidt. And he lived not far from me in Maryland. And um, I went and visited with him several times. And then I ended up being there um, when he was passing Uh, by chance. I went out to visit uh, with them to talk astrology and I got there and they weren't answering the door. And I called his wife's cell phone, it turns out he had just had a stroke and was in the hospital and would end up, that would end up being his, his deathbed. He was ready to pass. And, um, I was there and, um, I, I had this perception. I'll never forget it. Mercury was squaring Neptune and Mercury was squaring Neptune from Sagittarius to Pisces, just as it is now. And, um, basically I was aware of what everyone in the room was talking about at once. Like it was like some weird way in which I could just kind of perceive all of it. What is this perception coming in that I can just feel like I'm perceiving all of it. And I suddenly realized, cause I was sitting next to Bob, he did a stroke and he couldn't speak. Uh, and he couldn't move. He had some paralysis. He could move one hand. Um, and he was, at times responsive and able to say, yes, I can hear everybody in the room by lifting his hand when they would ask. At any rate, so everyone was talking about how tragic it was and how upsetting it was that he wouldn't be able to continue some of his work. And that, you know, and I just thought he is laying there and people in this room, not intentionally or maliciously or anything like that, but people have forgotten at this moment that he can hear all of this and that people are talking about the medical stuff and the 
it's so tragic that he can't finish some of his great work that he still had in him astrologically what's you know and just discussing plans and and there were moments when you could tell that everyone was suddenly remembering that he was there and could hear even though it in some ways looked like he was already gone um and i'm not saying i was a hero or anything but it was just like in this moment i could just i could just almost like put myself in his you know his space and be like wow you're getting ready to pass out of your body what would it be like to hear all of this right now to really deeply deeply take it in you have no choice but to take it in right um and then uh i ended up i ended up reciting in sanskrit some of the bhagavad gita for him and doing a little bit of mantra meditation um near him where he lay but i'll just never i'll never ever forget thinking um that there was this weird way in which his he had in in his passing he was being afforded this ability to hear and see so many things just so porous having to take it all in so deeply and unable to speak or respond and this is a guy who was a prolific writer and thinker and speaker and um that i can't explain what it did for me but it just really it just deeply opened my heart and um I kept thinking this listening, whatever this listening is what we all do when we pass, when we pass through this world, there's a way in which like, if you guys remember in A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge has the perception of people talking about him in the present and in the future, even at his own death. And he has to take it all in, in this really deep way. Isn't it interesting that that perspective, it seems like it, it seems like you need, what do you need to be like out of your body? Do you need to be laying on your deathbed? Do you need to have spirits take you during the middle of your dreams and show you? There are metaphors, right? They're all metaphors for the same thing that Mercury Neptune is pointing us toward, which is just sit back and listen and, and take it in, take in the vastness of what's actually there. And you can do it if, any of us can if we sit back and develop a practice of listening. A practice of listening to what else is speaking, what other is speaking, aside from ourselves. Not that we aren't important, but that we can get into this practice. And then it's like the real, the real things that want to communicate with us, that want to have a relationship with us, start speaking. And this is really one of the only ways to it turns out that people also will find us interesting, beautiful, valuable. It's not so much by what we say or do or what merit we gain as opposed as it is to how deeply we're able to listen and how deeply we're able to create space for others. That's what fundamentally draws others to us. Okay. So I wanted to share the stories with you guys. Mercury square Neptune. Um, you think about peaceful mindedness. Uh, um, kind of tranquil vibrations, intuition. You think about um, fluid, associative, symbolic uh, thinking. If I'm doing good work as an astrologer and fluidly connecting symbols around the chart, 
feels it's very Mercury Neptune. There's a lot of lessons that come up related to boundaries and speech or mind. What is appropriate to say or not say? Where our mind goes, what we associate with, what kind of results or what it creates. Um, all sorts of issues around honesty, clarity, deception. Um, all sorts of uh, potential mishaps in communication. Something as mundane as spilling water on your keyboard can be very Mercury-Neptune. The importance of subjectivity as its own oracular um, process, what I feel, what I think, is not just some subjective emotional thing. Uh, my subjective interior experience is itself some kind of omen. But also the way that subjectivity can lead to distortions of facts, uh, the blessing and beauty of uncertainty, uh, glossing over or making up things, hyperbole, exaggeration, um, little white lies, the secret plans and gossip. Uh, also, the tendency to um, get caught in some kind of mystical woo-woo, especially those that get like delusional. Um, it was this exact transit last year, exact transit, uh, Mercury-Neptune that coincided with uh, someone, one of my YouTube viewers believing that they were had they believed that they were Jesus and that I was a disciple of theirs and they were going to wanted me to use my YouTube channel to spread their message and then they ended up taking their own life so we can get these crazy mystical you know theatrical sense of power and special capabilities and stuff like that that was that was a devastating experience <clears throat> um, but also the importance of chanting subtleties, listening for signs, clues and dreams. So Mercury Neptune, I would love to hear your stories. If you want to share a story, use the hashtag grabbed. How are you seeing Mercury Neptune? Is it something really mundane and funny? Like um, a ballpoint pen exploded in my cup of water? <laughs> you know? Or is it, um, you know, is it something else? Is it a deeper realization? Uh, so share your stories, use the hashtag, hashtag grab and put Mercury square Neptune, share your story. Maybe we'll get some good ones to share in an upcoming episode. Um, if you prefer to share it privately, you can use the email address grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Remember, we are pushing towards 600 backers. So today we are at 518 backers. We're trying to get to 1,367 with just 26 days left to go. So uh, we got to make some strong pushes here, gain your support. There's over 40,000 people who subscribe to this channel. So we're trying to get just over, you know, a little over a thousand of you uh, out there to pitch in and become patrons of this channel. If you're able to, any and every donation helps pick up a class, come study with me in the year ahead. I'd love to um, see more people in the classes in 2022. If you're in one of my classes, you can also get an advanced class. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. And we have lots more astrology to unpack this week. So I look forward to it. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.